Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. Today's guest is, I'm going to say, the OG of the Bride Chiller podcast. She was here when it was the Save the Date Wedding podcast. She was probably like my fourth or fifth ever guest, and I love having her back every time. Please, a big, warm Bride Chiller round of applause for the budget savvy bride, Jess. <laughs> I don't hear the applause. Are you really? going to add that in later? I'm going to cut them in. <laughs> They're all here welcoming you. There's a red carpet. Oh, it's lovely to hear your voice. Oh, yes. So glad to be back. (laughs) Well, you know, it's great to have you back. And uh, we are, look, there's lots going on. We've got lots to talk about. But in particular today, the very hearty subject of debt and wedding loans. I want to put a bop, bop, bop into this. (laughs) Or maybe more like a wah, wah. (laughs) What are you doing? Look, it, it's people will be going, oh, I don't want to hear about this. But it's such a big topic. And like we were sort of talking about over email, that it's one of those topics that a lot of people avoid talking about because it's a Debbie Downer, but it's reality. And if we talk about it, we can solve problems. Absolutely. So you suggested this topic and it's great going through. I was sort of doing a bit of a stalk on your wonderful uh, blog thebudgetsavvybride.com and you obviously your whole your whole shtick is about helping people find uh, solutions to to find you know sticking to their budget not going cray cray with the cash cash <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so when it comes to to talking about money and 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 budgeting I mean you're the right person to talk to but why is it do you think when it comes to weddings people are so super uncomfortable about this topic um you know I think there's like a lot of pride involved and um you know for most women I guess we've all kind of been like dreaming of this day and you want it to be perfect and you know, as we've talked about before, like Pinterest can be a little bit of a curse and even wedding blogs like my own can be, you know, add add to the pressure and the trouble um, that brides face just feeling like their day has to be picture perfect and they have to have all the things. And I think that really like causes people to, you know, feel pressured to overspend. Um, and nobody wants to kind of admit, I think that they, you know, have have spent more than their means and, and things like that. So, um, overall, like finances and money tend to be like a sticky topic. They, they say it's like something that you shouldn't discuss, you know, among friends, but Mm -hmm. like, I think it's, it's something that we should talk about more because, um, otherwise, you know, you could end up in a, in a sticky situation where you end up with a lot of debt after, you know, paying for a wedding you couldn't really afford. Yeah, and it is something that we, as a society, as you said, it's one of those things that we don't talk about, uh, you know, it, it, at, a, at the dinner table with your friends going, are you on 50000 or 60000 And how, how do you, uh, do you put, how much money would you put aside? But I actually think if we were a bit more open about, not even just about figures, but a bit about how, how much debt we have, how we go about paying it off, what's our, you know disposable income is such a big thing in our generation that we probably go a bit over the top with buying shit that we don't need. (laughs) (laughs) If we were all a bit more open about it and we might learn and be a bit more comfortable in realizing that we don't have to spend as much. 
For sure. And well, and something I think that's having like a big, you know, hot topic of discussion right now is like the wage gap between men and women and, mm. and how like so many more women are, are starting to talk more about money and how much they're making and how much they're spending, um, you know, in order to try to like better, you know, women as a whole and like our earning power. And, and I think, you know, even in situations like a wedding budget, you know, those conversations can really be, you know, powerful and helpful and, and educational, um, if you share that information with others. And that's a really a big reason why, like, I think, um, the budget savvy bride has been, you know, so successful is that like, we put that financial information out there, like the brides who submit their weddings to our site, share how they spent their budget and how they broke, you know, that figure down, whether it was $10,000 or $20,000. And so, um, you know, that can be really, really helpful. And I think, definitely contributed to some of our success oh a hundred percent and it is so easy when you go to you know the front page of your website straight away you can hit on the budgets you know exactly that you can look at weddings that are in your budget you can see what double the budget is and it's amazing to see how people have made their money work for them when it comes to prioritizing what they value i suppose when choosing do they want to spend lots on the catering or is the dress more important or is it an overall uh, you know, quite an even Stephen situation. It's fascinating getting a window into how people spend their money. Yeah, I think so too. And sometimes I kind of wonder, cause you know, our, our kind of, you know, focus is weddings that kind of fall under that national average wedding budget figure, which now is over $30,000, but our, um, our cutoff is more like twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000. And so sometimes I wonder like, should I go higher just because, you know, you know, budget, very budget brides aren't the only ones who could benefit from this information. So I've thought about it a time or two, but then I feel like I might get like angry, you know, very budget brides who are like, don't show me a $50,000 wedding. Yeah. I don't want to see that, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on that a little bit. Yeah. But I love every time we talk, we go, we go into this idea about the, the whole definition of budget. And I suppose my definition of budget might be different to the next person's definition of budget, but it's great that you have options, so many different options available that you can see how, uh, you know, diverse that is for, for so many different people. For sure. I think, you know, everybody just like, just like weddings and just like your own personal, um, priorities and values, like everyone's are different. And so, and I think that, you know, get, gets reflected in the choices you make, for your wedding, whether it's, you know, the areas that you choose to splurge on or the total amount you're willing to spend on your wedding day. Let's bring it back to something. Rich actually reminded me of this the other day. I'm into my, I'm 200 plus episodes in. We've talked a lot since the first time we talked way back when in the olden days. And Rich said the other day, you know, there's probably lots of people joining that won't go back and listen. Maybe they do. To all of the episodes, but I think it's good to do a little recap of the basics when it comes to weddings and planning and budgets and just stuff to rehash things that people might be going, oh, I already know that. None of my listeners sound like that and none of your readers <laughs> sound like that. But people, it's sometimes good to just hear things again because, you know, although we are used to reading it and seeing it all the time, our listeners and readers might not be. So Jess, Let's just cut it back to basics. Wedding budget. When should we be deciding on how much money we are going to be spending on our wedding? <laughs> the very first thing you should do, like, period. Um, I mean, 
you know, I say that like with a laugh, but it's true. I mean, you can kind of get, you know, a little bit of a thought of kind of what your overall vision is for your day, whether that's something like intimate or something bigger, because that will kind of like influence the amount of money that you will need to save to pay for, you know, either a smaller wedding or a bigger wedding. Um, but really like, like figuring that out and, and deciding a, how much money you have in your savings, how much money like your friends or your families might be contributing to your wedding budget. And then, you know, thinking about like, do we need to save additional money over the course of our engagement to pay for that wedding? That's definitely like the first conversation that really should be had, um, before you start booking anything. I'm I'm really surprised, and I'm sure you've seen this too, with the amount of uh, bride chillers that write to me and sort of say, we got engaged and we immediately went venue hunting, and we saw venues within you know a, a within a ten to twenty thousand dollar difference in price. You know, I get these sort of crazy, and not they're not crazy, but it's crazy to think that they're looking at venues that are so broadly different in how much they're going to be paying for them. And it always shocks me because I think, gosh, of course you're going to go to a venue that's in 20 grand and go, oh, it's much better than the five grand one without, (laughs) uh, well, you know, not always, but odds are you're going to like the $20,000 venue over the five one. So I think it always surprises me. And then they write and say, but gosh, we just don't have on top of if we pay 20 Gs for the venue and then the dress and the money and all the food and all, it's going to cost us 50 grand. We don't have 50 grand. And I'm just like, oh, my God, why didn't you yeah. why stop? Just stop. Exactly. That's why you have to figure it out first because you won't have like any money at the end of your budget if you go and like book things first without knowing that total amount that you have to spend you know, you're, you're going to be more likely to go over a budget if you don't set it mm-hmm. ahead of time. I was doing some research for my day job, uh, working TV. If people are new, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I work in development at the moment, coming up with TV show ideas. And one of the, I'm not going to say what the show idea is cause I'd get sacked, but we were uh-oh. looking, uh, oh, we were looking at millennials, our generation and, uh, how we think and talk about money. And there were some great stats about how we are the first generation with like the, the don't give a shit generation about the future. <laughs> <laughs> and just this idea that, you know, our parents are like, we must get out of college or finish school and we're going to buy a house and settle down and save some money and then we'll go on one holiday a year. Whereas our, holiday, our, our generation's like, oh, fuck that. We're going on three holidays and we've got a credit card and we're going to do an ASOS shop every week. And, you know, we lose our minds. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying everyone is irresponsible, but there is this sort of willingness to forget about responsibility. And look, Jess, between you, me and the lamppost, I love a holiday and I love a shoe, but I do realize that there is life after weddings and I do realize there's life after a weekend away. So that's my rant about the millennials. I'm also a millennial. So I'm in on the, I'm in on the surprise, but I feel like we don't take responsibility enough oh I got bored just saying that I'm sorry <laughs> I'm I, I think you and I both are kind of like on the older yes s- we're old spinster <laughs> millennials on, in terms of like the millennial spectrum so I still feel like people who are 
maybe above the age of 30 already, like we're a little bit more on the practical side, but I do find myself being like, oh, I can treat myself to this <laughs> um, every now and again. But luckily when I was planning my very, very small budget wedding, I was in a very penny pinching state. So I didn't get too sucked in to that pressure. <laughs> Likewise. And I think when you are in the situation, like we really made a, uh, a deal with each other we had a credit card but we are like we are not putting a penny a cent of this wedding any on anything to do with a credit card like we just went we if we got sucked into that we will never stop so that was a good deal that we made between each other yeah yeah I just think it's like you know it can be really tempting you know if you if you say like I only want to spend this much money on a wedding but you may not have that cash like in your bank account right now, maybe you would put it on a credit card. Maybe you want to get the points from it or whatever, as long as you're, you know, able to pay it off. Absolutely. And not earn, you know, not have interest on top of it. I think that's fine. It's just a matter of, I think it's more of a problem when couples look at, you know, credit cards as a way to finance their entire wedding and like, oh, we'll just pay it off later. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, then your $20,000 wedding could really cost you more like $30,000, like with interest over, you know, the course of the time that it takes you to pay it off. Mm. So that just made me shiver a little bit just because I I was like, oh my gosh, of course we don't even think, I mean, it's when you go, oh, it's just 20, it's just 20 grand. I just vomited. Uh, But it's like... (laughs) But it is true when you think about, all right, that takes, takes us five years to pay off. That's five years of interest that would be easily 30, 30 grand. It's it's a lot of extra money. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just no reason to spend it. Like you can either have a longer engagement or you can have a smaller wedding. Like you might have to make sacrifices. But I think I would much rather like make some small sacrifices in like my wedding plans than pay Ten thousand extra dollars in interest on something, you know, like who wants to spend more than they have to? Ugh. Now I want to talk to you about wedding loans because I know you get approached uh, quite often to uh, write about them, to be talking about them, and it's really interesting. I'm always very transparent with my listeners about sponsors that approach me, and I'm very aware, and I know you are as well, that the companies you associate your brand with and your personal. Uh, recommendations with the companies that you would recommend in real life. And uh, I know I've been approached by a couple of companies and I'm like, I just don't think I could like morally be promoting what you do, even though you're putting money in my pocket and I love money. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I would feel bad. Alicia has shoes to buy. Come on. Mama's got shoes to buy. Uh, But mama doesn't want to wear shoes and then feel the guilt deep down in those shoes of recommending (laughs) shit that is bad so yeah look after the break i want to talk to you about wedding loans and also just get some of your tips about talking about cash and also some of the things no pressure jess just to come up with here on the spot because you're very good at this some of the easy ways we can cut costs things that we are think we need but don't when it comes to weddings no pressure at all (laughs) okay sounds good we are talking we as in i I am talking to lovely Jess from the budgetsavvybride.com. She knows everything there is to do with money and weddings and saving cash. More of the Bride Sheila podcast after this very short but very important sponsor announcement. 
Oh, I am a silly girl. This is great to have uh, to have Jess on talking about cash, money, budgets, how not to get yourself in quote unquote. This is a very Australian thing to say. Deep financial shit when it comes to your <laughs> wedding. <laughs> That's a technical term. Very technical, very proper. I always say you want to wake up with a champagne hangover the day after your wedding, not some sort of awful deep pit of debt in your stomach going, what have we done? What have we spent? That is not what you want. Be hungover, but don't have the financial hangover. That's the end of my sentence. (laughs) Look, loans, Jess, we were talking, I sort of hinted before the break that we were going to talk about wedding loans and this is something I know you feel quite passionately about. Talk to me about about what, what some of these loan people are offering and how they maybe manipulate people to get into this situation. Well, you know, I just, I've seen it kind of popping up more and more lately and I've been, you know, getting approached by different you know, financial institutions who are offering what they're calling, you know, a wedding loan. Um, and I just find that really unnerving mm. <laughs> um, as someone who, you know, like I really kind of preach the like, don't go into debt for any reason gospel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you buy a house, that's like a little bit different of a, of a thing. But um, I grew up uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and was raised on on Dave Ramsey's very um, solid advice of mm-hmm. never taking on you know bad debt. And so, um, you know, when I start seeing these companies pop up who are offering wedding loans, I I think that's just like a really sticky place to get into because obviously, you know, nowadays there's more pressure than ever from you know, society and external forces to like have this like picture perfect wedding day, the wedding industry kind of perpetuates this like, oh, everything, you know, your wedding day, it's your one special day, like make it as special as possible, throw all the money at it to make it perfect, you know, and so if you may not find yourself in a situation where you have a lot of money to spend on one day of your life, Mm. um, you might feel like pressured to maybe take on a loan to pay for it and think like, oh, well, this loan is only, you know, a small percentage of interest versus a credit card, which would be more like 20%. You know, I think most of the wedding loans are maybe around 5%, but that's still 5% more that you're being charged for one day. That's literally, it's a great day. Don't get me wrong, but, but it's just one day. It's like you're being taxed for not having the money up front. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. And it's a dangerous little uh, game to play, I think, when you when you really break it down. And I know some people think I'm harsh with saying it's just a big party, but really it's just a big party. And in any other situation in your life, would you get a loan for a party? Yeah, I think that's a very rational way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I think, you know, I, I mean, I've been to lots of great parties, but none that I would say I would want to be paying for for the next 10 years of my life. Oh, heck no. <laughs> Not even one year. No. I pay the next day in hangovers. Again, I've said hangover. It's, I get older and the hangovers get worse. Oh, they get so much oh, worse. What is with that? They Give last for days. Break. It's terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't I, I used to. No, I know. I've just look. I've just try and stick to the vodka. Just clear, clear alcohol for <laughs> misses. It's just better. <laughs> 
But still, I think it's a really good way whenever you're going into that situation of having to make a decision of whether to put something on a credit card or if you've been approached by a bank and saying, oh, we can just get a loan, it's fine, we'll just write it off, that, you know, it's probably good to just come back to that party uh, metaphor and to say, is it worth it? Probably not. It's going to be rad. It's going to be rad. And I mean, I think I, I think my um, outlook on things has just gotten even more um, conservative when it comes to money, like since I've been married, you know, I feel like I just look back on that day and like my wedding day was wonderful. I really like didn't have regrets about it. Um, but I would say now, you know, I, we had 150 people at our wedding. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to speak to each of those 150 people. Would it have mattered if they were there at all or not? Yeah, probably not because I didn't get to talk to them. So, you know, I spent more money because I had more guests at my wedding when I really, you know, didn't necessarily have to. So, um, you know, it's things like that, that I kind of like, I think puts things in a little bit more perspective now that I've had some distance from my wedding because it's been seven, seven ish years since I got married. So I don't know. I just think about things like that and that there were plenty of things I could have cut out, um, that wouldn't have really made a big difference in my day. And I think that's a good thing to say that what, what you find, what's, you know, so basic, but to just cut it back to what are the three most thing, important things that you find valuable that you couldn't imagine not having at your wedding day. And whether that's like a 17 story cake (laughs) (laughs) or you have to wear a pair of Louboutins. I mean, no one has to wear a pair of Louboutins. But, you know, if there are really special things that are non-negotiables, go for it. But as you said, there are so many things that people feel pressured, and I hate the pressure. I hate the um, the guilt that certain advertising places upon couples now. I just, I want to just go, no, you don't need this. It's all tat. It's all rubbish. Stop it. <laughs> Or you can buy things secondhand or get creative. You are so, I mean, your website's the perfect place to go and go, oh my gosh, why would I pay so much money? There are so many other options. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it all comes down to, you know, being willing to do a little bit more research or, um, you know, make, make a few sacrifices here and there, you know, to be able to pull things off within your means, um, what you can actually afford. Mm. And and also I love – I was reading one of your blogs recently about uh, – and it's an older blog, but I love doing, again, going back when I do research for our interviews and I go, oh, gosh, it's such a great – what a fantastic post. Um, there's a post that you did about how to earn extra cash for your wedding. Yes. And I love that because it's – I think a lot of people don't think about – I'm not saying you have to go and get a whole another full-time job. The suggestions you are making in this post, like Airbnb, if you've got a spare room and you want to jump on board the Airbnb train, that's a great way to pull in a bit of extra cash. Or if you go away for the weekend, why have an empty house? Amazing. Rent it out. Exactly. Exactly. Hide all the sex toys. And then... (laughs) I've never... We've said it a few Airbnbs, never found any big fat dildos, but there's still time. <laughs> um, sorry, that's gotten crude for no reason, for no reason. What else? You, you're saying tutoring and freelance work like that? Everyone has skills. You've got yep. so many mad skills. You could hire yourself out for 50 different things. 
<laughs> well, thanks. You got so much time on your hands too. Yeah, I'm um, actually it's so funny that you brought that post up because I'm working on kind of like an updated version of it with some new stuff that I'm going to add. What uh, can you give me a little uh, sneak peek? Well, so, you know, right now there's a lot of like talk online about like ways you can earn extra money online, whether mm. it's, you know, starting a blog or promoting affiliate products or whatever. And they everyone calls these little side jobs, they call them their side hustles. Oh yeah. So, Gary so I want to do a post about bride hustles, like <gasps> to like earn extra money as a bride to help pay for your wedding. Oh so. my god, that's I'm going to call this episode Jess's bride hustles. <laughs> that's fabulous. It's such a great idea, and I think so many people don't even wouldn't even cross their minds to think that they would they could look into other opportunities. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things you can do now. They even have I don't know if that um, if the previous post included this one, but um, you know there's like services you can sign up to be a dog walker and like here in new york i think it's like rover Mm. or rover and wag yep rover.com i had they used to be a sponsor of mine hello (laughs) rover.com yeah so you can like sign up to like walk cute dogs like even better if you don't have a dog of your own and you want to get some puppy time and get paid for it sounds pretty awesome way to make some extra cash i always Um, want puppy time (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i'm a big like encourager of you know if you don't maybe have the, you know, disposable income or like extra money in your personal budget to put towards the wedding, you know, pick up a little gig on the side uh, mm. to help finance those things, especially if there's something that maybe is a little bit, you know, like would be a priority, but isn't really in your budget. You know, if you want those Louboutins, like don't put it on your credit card, do something extra on the side to earn the money and pay for it in cash. And sell uh, something. I mean, you are so yeah. right. Reading about eBay and you think about how many things – uh, that we have lying around our house. I know there's people like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to sell anything on eBay. I, who want to buy my stuff? But you would be crazy not to give it a crack. It doesn't. It costs such minimum amount of money. Yeah, it's really more of a time investment. I Twice. think the eBay thing, and I, I am so guilty of it. I have like a pile of things that I want to sell on eBay right now, but I've never personally done it. So I've been thinking about, and this is funny because you could sell yourself as someone on like um oh gosh what are those websites like TaskRabbit or yeah like TaskRabbit yep you could put yourself on there as like I'm a selling stuff on eBay online expert and I could hire somebody who's an eBay expert to sell my stuff for me on eBay like I would do that that just got really meta just then (laughs) right (laughs) we've just solved your problem with your own solution Yes, exactly. <laughs> of course, that's great. I mean, it's finding tasks. I know, you know, all my voiceover, my lovely Cara Lee, my lovely, it's like I own her. She's my voiceover lady. You would hear her going, this is the bright chiller. Um, she is, that was the worst ever. Uh, she, I found her through Fiverr. Really? I did. And she's also, she does lots of other professional gigs elsewhere. But, you know, talking to her and getting to know her over the last two years it was a way for her to pick up extra gigs on through Fiverr and now she gets regular clients, you know, so it was a way for me to be introduced to her. But it's so great that so many people um, can upload skills. If you're a graphic designer, you know, we've talked about and that's your, that's your, uh, I was yes. going to say old job, it's one of your <laughs> jobs, you know. Yes. So, I mean, you could pick up extra design work on one of these these websites and make a bit of extra cash that way. 
Absolutely. I actually just used Fiverr for the first time. I, I worked with them to uh, kind of promote their wedding campaign. They did like a big wedding, um, like sponsored, um, like promotion over the summer where they gave away like $25,000 to a couple for, for their wedding. Yeah. So I helped them promote it and they like gave me some Fiverr credit to try out the site because I'd actually never used it before. And I just, um, hired my first Fiverr gig and I had, you know, an artist there on Fiverr who um, does like digital animation. And she created this cute little intro animation that I'm going to be using on like my new YouTube videos. Um, oh, that's great. For the site. And it's so adorable. It's like my logo and the little D in bride turns into a little coin purse and like two little coins like drop into it. And then it like animates. I don't, it's like adorable. I don't oh my know. Gosh. So I posted so it. On my Instagram, so you could see it. But oh well, I will be uh, going and stalking you to see that. Look, I'm already typing it in as we're speaking. It's adorable, but yeah. So things. Like, I mean, no matter what kind of your skills are, there are people like you said who do voiceover stuff, who do writing, or you know, all all sorts of stuff, either on like TaskRabbit or Fiverr. So many different things you can do to like earn a couple extra bucks here and there. Yeah, and it's yeah. not hard to sign up to those things. You don't have to be, uh, you know, super savvy with uploading all that sort of stuff in and getting it all uh, looking really pretty. They're really basic, you know, descriptions and a couple of photos and a bit of proof of uh, skills, whether you're a designer or you've got something else going for you. It's, it's super simple and the cash could just be rolling in. I mean, it really could. And it's just so much smarter, you know, earning a little bit more money and spending the time up front to get that money so that when the day is over, you don't have that like debt looming over you in your marriage for months and years to come potentially. I just think it's so important. Absolutely. And if you, uh, I want to know actually, and I'm sure Jess wants to know if you have some amazing things that you've been doing to save money to be able to uh, buy the extra stuff or if you are going the extra mile in budgeting, if you have super scrimped and saved, we would like to hear from you because I think that some of my best wedding hacks and things have come from bride chillers who have just gone, oh, Alicia, did you know this is a great idea? And I've gone, no, thank you for sharing. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Such good ideas. So please do get in touch and share them. You can uh, Instagram us. You can write it under today's post. We would love to hear. I'm going to put a question out. And uh, the person here, I'm going to make up a comp on the spot right now. <laughs> the person with the best suggestion, the best budget tip will get their very own Bride Chiller t-shirt. Oh, snap. Snap, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a little note for I forget that because I'll get in trouble when I forget things. Um, <laughs> Jess, it's been such a pleasure having you back on the show and I love having you on and I can't wait to finally see you in person one of these days. Yes, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're really, really working on it so much. But, uh, you know, we just it's just across that big that big old ocean. That big pond, the big as pond. they call it. Across the pond. Across the pond. You need to pond. get on that big plane. <laughs> That's my new American accent. Do you like this one? This is the one I'm working on. I don't know really where she comes from. She's sort of maybe, oh, I lost it. Oh. She, you're, you're kind of evolving. You went like Midwestern, then Southern, then like, I don't know. I want I want her to be more like this. That's the one, I've, and I do it sometimes at night. I like working on my accents and Rich is just like, we'll be in the shower. I'm like, honey, it's time for you to get out of the shower. And uh, he thinks I'm insane. (laughs) 
as do most people listening now. I'll let you go. Thank you again. If people want to get in touch and learn more and I will read about your amazing uh, budget savvy tips, where do we find you? Um, Thebudgetsavvybride.com. I'm also on all the social medias at Savvy Bride or Budget Savvy Bride on Instagram. She's everywhere. So, I'm everywhere. She's the, snap, everywhere. the Snapchats, all the places. Oh, you see, now I was into the Snapchats and then Instagram stories came in and I got very lazy and went, I'll just stay on Instagram. Ah, God, it's just too many things. So many Instagrams and social medias, so little time. I know. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for your lovely tips. And people, just remember, don't get into debt. Really avoid it. That's the tip for today. It's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, my people, happy days.